0: Any successful plan requires wisdom and
1: preparation, and retirement is no different. It's time for the Plan Wise Retire Free podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Plan Wise Retire Free the podcast with Jude and Mike. And they're here to once again to talk with us about investing, finance and retirement as we always do. I'm your humble host Mark Killian alongside as we uh, navigate through these interesting waters that can be the retirement planning process. And uh, we always have good content, a lot of fun on here on the program, so hopefully you have subscribed to us. If you have not, make sure that you do so on whatever platform of choice you choose to use, whether that's Apple or Google or iHeart or Stitcher, whatever various different things that are out there that you can use. And hopefully you're back because you want to continue listening to Jason Smith, who is our guest uh, these past couple episodes, the author of The Bucket Plan. Jason, welcome back into the program. Thanks for being here again. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Love doing it. And uh, Jude, Mike, guys, welcome in. I appreciate you guys being here as always as well. We're excited to be here and
2: and really looking forward to talking to Jason and getting some more information. Absolutely, yeah. I'm
0: really excited. This is going to be fun.
1: Well, if you didn't, uh, if you didn't catch the prior podcast, go check that out so you can learn a little bit more about Jason, as well as kind of get caught up with some of the things we covered. Mike had a good series of questions he was going to, he had been asking Jude as well, and we've got a few more of those to go. So, Mike, I'll let you uh, pick it back up and and start things off again with uh, some really inf- interesting information about the market.
0: Well, you know, we did talk about. A little bit about the now, soon, and the and the later buckets. But as you know, we look at the current economic environment. At least, especially over the last ten years, I mean, the market's been doing fantastic. So investments and investing has been a lot easier today than they were in the past. Absolutely. Uh, but there was a time back. I, I think it was like two thousand and eight and nine. And of course, I'm being facetious here. But when things were a little bit rough. Jason, did you guys ever go back and kind of backtest or look at some of how the effect of using the bucket planning strategy and in retirement income worked?
3: Yeah, no doubt, Mike. So there's an interesting topic if your listeners want to look into it a little further, but it's called behavioral finance. And so there's been a lot of studies and a lot of information around this and the effects the negative effects that can be had in a financial plan when people don't really have their money set up properly to eliminate making bad decisions. So one of the things that happens, I, I call it freak out risk, right? And what it is is when people are, you know, get nervous because all of a sudden there's an event that happens or there's a quarter which didn't happen too long ago when the market's down quite a bit. And they start making bad decisions, right? They jump out when the market's down. You know, they sit on the sidelines of cash. They try to move stuff around in their 401k. Bad decisions can be made. And see, once you sell out of the market when it's down, you can never make that money back if you're sitting on the sidelines. And so the whole premise around bucketing in the three buckets is you know a lot of times people will look at that middle bucket the soon bucket as an opportunity bucket because you have that money invested more conservatively it's there if you need it if there's a downturn you know you have somewhere to go above and beyond your emergency fund that you have sitting in the bank that's not even keeping up with inflation right which is your now bucket that soon bucket is invested conservatively but it's still when something happens and we have a big event and the market's down it's actually more of an opportunity bucket it can become versus where traditionally some people will look at it and they'll say oh i'm not going to do as good if i have conservative money on the sidelines but see the other thing it does mike is it gives you permission to be more aggressive and more growth-oriented in the later bucket. Because when you know you've bought a time horizon between the now and the soon bucket, you have the confidence to invest the rest of the money in the later bucket. And if we have a big downturn again, and the market's down 50%, and you're down 50% in your later bucket, you're not going to make a bad move because you know you have the now and the soon bucket, and you know that the market's always gonna go through cycles, ups and downs, and when it happens, you're not gonna have that that experience where you're gonna make a bad decision because you're gonna know you have the peace of mind of having a now and a soon bucket established. So we've actually gone through and back-tested even through 2008 and 2009, throughout a a, a 10-year period of time, And if you were to even segmenting out having a more conservative block of money in that soon bucket because of the opportunity to reinvest, as you guys know, you know, each year you're uh, you're reinvesting and you're reallocating the money. And so what it really does is it gives you the opportunity to continue to shift money and take advantage of buying when the market's down and not just riding that roller coaster and potentially making a bad decision, which is what they study in behavioral finance, what too many people do. You know, the average investor, there was a study that came out, um, averages about 2.5% rate of return. And that's the average investor. It was a very comprehensive study that was done. And when you look at that, uh, compared to the market, everybody knows stocks over historical periods of time can average eight ten percent. so why such a big discrepancy it's because bad decisions are made when people are don't have the money segmented and stay the course and follow the plan
2: that's perfect, Jason because there's book knowledge and then there's real world experience. And you're talking about real world experience when people are experiencing some of these emotional tough decisions to make. And if they don't have a plan, they can react emotionally. You know, one of the things that I often get asked is whenever I present the bucket and you spoke about it a couple of times, there's a time horizon. And I normally tell clients, your now bucket is for that first year of income or for savings and expenses, and the soon bucket is for the next 10 years. So you have an 11-year time span of money that is really not at a lot of risk. But the question I always get asked is about that later bucket, and that later bucket is your workhorse bucket to make the most that you can so that we can refill the other buckets. But I often get a question, when do you refill the buckets?
3: Yep. No, that's uh, excellent. And that's always a lot of people, you know, there's confusion over that. And as a quick side note to Jude, what I wanted to add, because it was driving me nuts because I couldn't think of the study, so I Googled it just now. And it's a Forbes study that was done, uh, came out April 24th of 2014. It was called Why the Average Investor's Investment Return is So Low. And so it quotes that 2.5%. So if somebody wants to check that out. Thank um, you. That's a resource, but let's go back to refilling the buckets. We call it reloading the buckets. And actually, ironically, these two things are connected because the the case study that we did was showing the importance of reloading the buckets. And so what we do in that middle bucket is we typically buy a bridge. So we buy a temporary time horizon of income. And let's use an example of someone in retirement so they're in retirement and we have bought a temporary time horizon usually about 10 years to be able to weather the storm and so that bridge can over go over those troubled waters right when there's volatility in the market that's what that middle bucket's for that soon bucket is a bridge but eventually any bridge runs out and so as we're going to run out of the bridge Well, what if all of a sudden we have our soon bucket, our middle bucket built, our bridge is built, and now we've exhausted those funds and all of a sudden the market's down and we had the money invested primarily in stocks in the later bucket. And so what do we do? Well, you have to be proactive about it and you have to look to reload the bucket, the soon bucket. When do you do that? When we look to do that is five years out. So we're always looking at the bridge, so every year when we do our annual review, we're looking at the soon bucket and we're gauging when are we five years out from running out of income from the bridge ending in the middle bucket, the soon bucket. And so when we're five years out, what we do at our annual review is we take a look and we say, if we were sitting down now and there's only five years left in the soon bucket, Jude, is it time to reload the bucket with the market at an all-time high? Would this be a good time to take some of the gains off the table in the later bucket and reload the soon bucket? I'd say so. (laughs) Right. But let's say, for example, we were a year ago, right, or a little less than a year ago, and we're at the end of 2018, and we just suffered a pretty big downturn, temporary downturn and we're sitting down for an annual review, would it make sense to sell out of our equities when we're down to reload the soon bucket at that point?
0: No, of course not. (laughs) Isn't there something called buy low and sell high? (laughs) Yeah,
3: exactly. But see, that's the beauty of looking at it when you're five years out, because on average from trough to peak, the market takes 40 months to recover from the very bottom back to the high again. So the key is start looking at the annual reviews and I'm preaching to the choir because you guys do this, I know you do. Um, You start looking at your annual reviews when you're five years out from the soon bucket running out of money, the bridge being over. And if the market's down, then you gotta have a five year time horizon, right? You have a five year time horizon to wait for it to come back. Where on the other hand, if the market's at an all-time high or near as it is now, then maybe it is a good time to go ahead and reload the bucket. So that's how we manage it. We're always managing it to make sure we have a five-year window to be able to reload the bucket plan when exactly like you said, Mike, selling when it's high.
0: Well, that kind of segues into the, um, one of our next questions is can a do it or implement a bucket plan or what's the advantages of working with an advisor that's certified in the bucket plan? I think we've already answered it, but I'll give you a little chance to expand on that, Jason.
3: Yeah, you know, um, so in my practice, I charge 350 bucks an hour if, to work with me directly. And I'm telling you this to give you a little bit of background of a, a very sophisticated gentleman that reached out to me, he found the bucket plan book in an airport in California, LAX. And so he bought it at the Hudson bookstore there. He read the book and this guy is a a CPA and an attorney and had managed all of his own assets. He had accumulated over $15 million managing all of his own assets throughout his lifetime but he was switching gears from being in the accumulation phase and, and now going into the distribution phase. He felt like he was very confident in the accumulation phase. He was getting a little bit nervous about going into the distribution phase. So he read the bucket plan book. He reached out to me. And so he uh, we had an, an initial phone call and again he's a do-it-yourselfer which i I totally respect and appreciate and he's done an amazing job for himself up to this point but what he had uh said is he said jason you know i'd really like to um have you review my bucket plan and i told him what my hourly rate was and he was like well can't you just do a quick review i'm like listen it is what it is this is you know if you'd like for me to review your plan this is what the cost you know, would be, and he said, okay, so he agreed to, I emailed him the agreement, he signed the agreement, got it back over to me, and um, we started the engagement. So I reviewed his plan, which was quite comprehensive. Again, CPA, attorney, he had a detailed plan laid out, and he had his own buckets established. But, you know, and it really only took me a couple hours to review what he put together, so it wasn't a big deal at all, Um, and he was happy about that initial. So we got on the call, you know, he's very fee conscious and bill, you know, cost conscious. And, you know, I told him it'd probably take two to four hours. It actually only took me two hours. And so I get on the call with him and we bring up the go to meeting and and I start showing him some of the gaps that he had that he, he didn't realize he had. And so when we started looking at that, he had missed the boat on a couple opportunities from a tax planning standpoint that he didn't realize were there didn't realize the opportunity he had for a social security optimization strategy that was going to add about $500,000 over him and his wife's lifetime. The tax savings alone were going to be several hundreds of thousands of dollars if you accumulated over the 20 to 30 years that him and his wife could be around. And so when we started looking at these and pointing out these different things that he had gaps, He actually then hired us and we ended up doing over 30 hours of work uh, for him over the course of several months. Why do I tell you that? The reason I tell you that is this was a seriously sophisticated gentleman and when it was all said and done, he was so grateful for what um, we had done for him and the savings we were able to put in place for him and his family into the future. But, you know, with you guys, the thing is, is I know you guys are charging flat fees at substantially less amounts than that. And I just can't even imagine being a consumer and going to try to navigate this on your own without any type of advice or guidance. I'll leave with this statement or quote that I've heard many times and I just love it. But you don't know what you don't know. And so um, if you try to just read the book and do it yourself, you won't know what you don't know. And ultimately, it could be a big difference for you and your family uh, now and and into the future. Jason,
2: you talked about behavioral finance. And a lot of times, we're dealing with uh, couples who are in retirement. And unfortunately, one spouse passes away. And you talked about the experience that you had that motivated you to write the book. What is the psychological benefit that you've seen in your practice when one spouse has passed away? Because there's typically one spouse who's really motivated on the finance side. They really get it. They're into it. And one spouse that's like, oh, he or she is taking care of it. What's the psychological benefit if that one spouse who really wasn't into the finance now has that? bucket plan and knows that these things are being taken care of. What have you seen in your practice?
3: Well, it does relate to the, you know, the story about, um, you know, Irene and when her husband Jerry, you know, passed away suddenly. But Jude, it's enough of a, a burden, an emotional burden when a loved one passes away. And I've been doing this going on 25 years and unfortunately, you know i've helped a lot of people settle their estates done a lot of death claims and the emotional effects are big enough don't also put a financial burden on that person and so that's one thing but the other thing is just the the peace of mind and the confidence that it's going to give for that surviving spouse or that one that even even before it happens to know that If something does happen, right, if there is a a health event, um, even if they don't pass away, if it's a scare, they're not going to be sitting up at night worried about, oh, my God, I'm in the dark. I don't know what's going on. By going through the bucket plan planning process, it's an educational process that gets that spouse that typically has you know, relied on the other one to kind of take care of everything. It gets them in the know. And so now they're on the same page. They know where everything's at. They know what's been done. They know why it's been done. So ultimately, when if if or when it happens and your spouse passes away, you're not trying to figure it out on your own because you already have a written plan. And that's the thing. Too often we see people have all these counts opened up and everything else, but at the end of the day, Do they actually have a plan? You know, do they have a plan that they, and more importantly, do they have a plan that they understand? And so that's the peace of mind by having a bucket plan in place is what it's going to give.
0: You know, that's the very reason that when we meet with clients and we have a lot of events where the person that deals with the finances is the one that comes in first and they leave their spouse at home. And we always always insist that if you're going to work with us, we're going to have to meet your spouse because if something happens to you, that is not the time to meet this person. You have to have a relationship, and I've already been working with them, we feel, in order to make sure that when something happens to somebody, the surviving spouse can feel confident that they have a plan in place and they're not going to go crazy or get... there's As you said, Jason... There's enough things to worry about during that period of time and how you're managing your finances shouldn't be one of them. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, let's close on a good note and say, <laughs> <laughs> on a more upbeat note and say the bucket plan has been a game changer in my career for helping my clients. And Jason, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to do the research to put together the strategy and to go out and teach advisors who really care about what they're doing with their clients this philosophy. It really has been a game changer. Our clients love it and I enjoy using it in our
3: practice. It's an honor and a privilege as always to spend time with you gentlemen. Thank
0: you for having me. Thanks for being with us.
1: Jason, again, thanks for your time. Hope you have a great week. Jude and Mike, you guys as well. And I look forward to seeing you guys here in a couple of weeks as we do another episode of Plan Wise Retire Free. And we'll see you all next time on the other side. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye Bye now.
2: Bye-bye.
0: The preceding program is sponsored by Jude Wilson and Mike Mott which is solely responsible for its content.